Hi, everyone. Welcome to Product Magic. My name is Sabina Reese, and I am a content writer and marketer specializing in product management and talent acquisition. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ronki about her blog, Psychological Safety and Product Management Holds the Key to Inspiration and Innovation. So first things first, how are you today, Ronki? I am good. It's been a minute since we've it done has, this, right? It has, a few months, so. yeah. <laughs> And in the meantime, we celebrated two years of Ronky PM. Yes, so very excited. It's a, yeah, it's exactly. And I couldn't have done it without you, my friend. So it's an awesome, awesome place oh, to be. Such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. All right. So uh, as I mentioned, we're going to dive into this blog in podcast form. So if you are ready, shall we dive in? Let's do it. Let's talk about psychological safety. Love it. All right. So my first question. It's pretty essential. So in your own words, could you elaborate on what psychological safety means and why it's crucial in the context of product management? Okay, so I'm really passionate about this. And the reason is because as product managers, we are the epicenter of the whole entire organization. Mm -hmm. So like all our cross-functional partners, marketing, our scrum team, legal, risk, compliance, policy, you name it. doesn't matter if you're in a small organization, big organization, or medium-sized organization. They're looking at us, product managers, for answers. They're looking at us to say, okay, I'm going to trust your vision. I'm going to trust your roadmap that this is what our customers Mm -hmm. need and that we need to build it in order to give our customers what they need, but also for our company to be successful, Right. right? So, you know, there's that, okay, this is what the customer, you know, being product-led, making the customer the focus, right? There's that. But then at the end of the day, you also want the customers to buy your product so that you can make of money, course, right? Yeah. If your company makes money, you get a paycheck, <laughs> you can pay your Full bills, circle, right? Yeah. Sort of in that order. <laughs> exactly. So as a product manager, you're saying, here's the roadmap. Trust me, I got this. This is what customers are looking for, Right. And in order for your cross-functional partners to trust you, regardless of who they are, right, especially your engineering team, you're asking them to stake their careers on your vision, Mm -hmm. your ideas. They're asking them to trust you. There has to be psychological safety, right? There has to be the idea that, okay, Ronki, yes, you're presenting this roadmap, this thing that you say clients need, but they should also be able to challenge you and bring other ideas to the table, which is what you want. So I see product managers as that torchbearer because we're at the center of the organization. We're like that torchbearer that says, okay, this is what's needed. This is what our customers need. This is what our organization needs to meet their mission, their goals, their objectives. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, please speak up. (laughs) Give me ideas. Let me know if you think, you know, my thoughts here are wrong to solutioning this problem for customers. And so... There has to be multiple things. There has to be respect, right? Your you have to respect your cross-functional team and and they have to respect yeah. you. You have to disagree. And that disagreement polishes you and it polishes mm-hmm. them, right? It makes better human beings and better yeah. leaders. And the relationship sort of, that you guys have with each other. Exactly. So I see psychological so like I said, psychological safety to me starts with you, that PM, being at the center of the whole entire organization, but recognizing that you're the torchbearer for psychological right. safety. Nobody else is going to provide psychological safety for your organization except for you. It starts with mm-hmm. you. And then it kind of ricochets across the whole entire organization. Yeah. So 
What does that mean? It means giving your cross-functional team the ability to creating a safe space for them that they can disagree with you. It means letting them bring the most craziest ideas to the table and then try to figure out how, you know, whether that is a thing. And if so, how can you make that work to bring the best products to the market? So those are to me what it means. It means just it means you leading that, leading what psychological safety is, being able to say it's okay, it's okay if we fail, it's okay if we get this mm-hmm. right, it's okay if we don't get this right. But going back to the drawing board and not reprimanding anybody for right. it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So and you know, creating a safe space for your team is like so important and that encompasses so many different things, right? Empathy is going to be my next question. So I want to bring that up. Um, Specifically for empathy, could you provide some practical examples of how product leaders can demonstrate that in their interactions and creating a safe space? So empathy is really important. Um, You have to be able to put your self in your cross-functional team's shoes. Right. Right. So I'm going to give you an Please example. Please do, yeah. Um, so let's say my counterpart on the risk team says no to a feature that I want to build rather than go to war, <laughs> <laughs> right, and escalate yeah. it. <laughs> Take a step back and go, okay, risk partner, explain to me why you're a no mm-hmm. this. And really, I don't, you know, I'm a big fan of meeting people for coffee post before pandemic. <laughs> During the pandemic, I did a lot of pers- I did a lot of phone calls when I would go for a yeah. walk. But creating a space where they can actually tell you what they're mm-hmm. feeling and not feel like they're being for judged. Sure. So I actually had that situation happen and my risk counterpart said no to me two times in a meeting. And eventually I sat him down and was like, you got it. Mind you, he's in Israel and it was 70 in my time. And I'm like, you got to explain to me what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. And he did. He actually awesome. did. He explained yeah. to me. He said, listen, I get that everybody wants this feature, but if you add it, anybody can pretend to be somebody else and they can go do some real damage oh, in the system yeah. and move money and, and do a lot of really crazy things in the system. He's like, that's what I'm trying to avoid. I'm not just telling you no to tell you no. So that gives me, um, that gave me, see, see what I mean about that empathy? Yeah. That gave me different lens to see where he's coming from. Absolutely. And then I was able to negotiate with him and said, okay, how about this? I'll build it for the largest customer that's complaining and wants okay. this, yeah. but I'll only give it to that client. And in return, I won't release it to everybody else until I go building the safeguard that you Right, yes. To feel comfortable to roll this out generally to everybody. So that's where empathy comes mm-hmm. in, right? Rather than me escalating it to my boss and my boss's boss, <laughs> a whole person said no to me. Exactly. Our largest customer wants this. But taking that step back and going, okay, wait. I, I, you know. And the other reason why that was so important is because if there is any malicious activity in that particular platform that I was mm-hmm. working on, the risk team owns it. And they would have to pay that money back. Oh, right. Okay. So that's another reason, right? Is he's looking at his KPIs, he's right. looking at his department's KPIs, and he's going and he knows more about social engineering than I mm-hmm. do, right? So he knows how someone can manipulate the system. Is just taking a step back. Empathy is so important. Taking that step back and going, okay, you know, let's help me understand this. Um, explain to me 
how you think that this might be bad mm-hmm. or good or, you know, but, but in order to do that, in order to also be able to do that, you also have to have to offer a safe space. Yes, for that sure. partner has to feel like they can trust yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Right. And another reason why that's so important is because my risk partner is the same partner that I'm going to work with for every single project. Yes. So why burn exactly. that? Exactly. You have to have a good relationship. And if you can trust me, what do you think the rest of the year is going to be like? <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Until one of us leaves and go find us. Exactly. Job, right? Yeah, it just wouldn't work. <laughs> so, exactly. So empathy is really important. Being able to just kind of put yourself in your partner's mm-hmm. shoes, but also the other thing. And so that's one aspect of it. But then there's also as empathy for the customer. Right. And so for that, sometimes you may have a partner that's like, a cross-functional part that's, that's like, I get it, but I have this roadmap and I got to do these things. These things are more important for that. Then I believe it's important to bring that cross-functional mm-hmm. partner into the room with the customer. So whenever I have customer interviews or anything like that, I will tend to invite my cross-functional partner to come into the room because if they see the pain point of the mm-hmm. customer or the prospect, it changes their views yeah, as and well. They have so all of a sudden that. they have a different Exactly. They have empathy for that customer right. and they want to help me solve that problem. So that's sort of how I handle oh, that super smart. internally and externally anyway. Yeah, those are great examples. Awesome. Okay. So reading your blog, you talk a lot about building influence without authority. And, you know, I think that could be pretty challenging. Do you have any tips or like, how do you actually get that done? You know, how do you how do you empower product leaders to effectively influence stakeholders and other team members without like a formal authority? I'm a big fan of bribing people with baked goods. (laughs) Baked goods. Love it. (laughs) Yes. So post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, I would bring in cupcakes, donuts, whatever it took. No, I'm kidding. Actually, I did bring that stuff in. But um, it was just because I wanted to... Uh, you know, get my team high on sugar, obviously. Yeah, obviously. That's what it does. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, it actually does build a relationship. Oh, it does, right? for sure. With other team members. Exactly, right? If they see a bunch of cupcakes on your desk, they're like, come over. <laughs> no, um, so, le- so it's important to be able to leave without authority. And I always tell aspiring product managers, it's super, super important for this reason. You don't want to be the PM who's constantly calling your manager to help you solve yeah, the problem. Yeah, for sure. Right. Exactly. So the example I just gave about my risk counterpart, mm-hmm. right? Imagine if I had escalated it to my boss and then my boss escalated to his boss. Well, that doesn't accomplish anything, mm-hmm. right? Except we now we both don't trust each other anymore, yeah. right? Because we've, you know, gone Bringing down in that. the higher authorities. So, exactly. So I'm a big fan of let's go have coffee. Let's meet separately. Let's go. I'm going to go for a walk. Yeah. You can either come with me. Or let's just go somewhere and go talk about this and figure out how I can meet you halfway. Mm-hmm. So the example I just gave with my risk counterpart, as I said, right, he knew more about social engineering because that's his yeah, job. That's his expertise, social engineering. He knew all the different ways you can manipulate the system and try to get in and do malicious things. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but what I did know was though, if there was anything bad that happened in the system, his team would be responsible mm-hmm. for it. So then to lead without authority, I needed to meet him halfway. And sometimes that means, you know, um, aligning our KPIs. So if his KPI is no fraud in the system, well, then I can kind of say, okay, those safeguards that you want me to add, how about we do this 
for version one, we do this for version two, then we do this yeah, for provide version different two, options. And here's a timeline that we can yeah. do them. Exactly. Rather than just a flash. Yeah, out, exactly. Right. So he will be more comfortable in saying, okay, Ronky, if you do version one and you do these five screens or six screens or whatever, and put those safeguards in, I'm comfortable with you going live with this feature. But then you got to stick to your guns and come back and do version two or yeah. something like that. But that's how I align. You see how I align my KPI to is I got my product out the door, mm-hmm. but I also put in the safeguard that he needs to, pre- to also align with his KPIs. So I'm a big, big fan of that. Um, you have, and the reason why leading without authority is so important is because you need to show that you can lead. You have to show that you yeah. can lead. And you have to, sh- because eventually you want to be able to lead a team, a product management team, or you want to be, whatever your, your aspirations are mm-hmm. as a product manager, you got to be able to lead and you have to be able to lead without authority. Yeah. Awesome. So I think that could be challenging for some people. And, you know, you also mentioned actually in your blog about grace under pressure when, fa- when facing challenging situations. So could you, you know, share an example of a time when you've had this approach and it had a positive impact on your team's response? Or like, how do you, how do you actually maintain that grace under pressure? So Remember I say product managers are leaders. Yes. You have to lead. You're the center. Everybody's kind of yes, watching. You're the torch bearer. Right? They're watching. Exactly. If, let's say there's a P0 or something. Something has gone really horrible bad with the release and you start to freak right. out. Your scrum team is looking at you. And they're going to start to freak <laughs> yeah. out. Because you're freaking out. Because you're the leader. So that's why I talk a lot. So grace on grace the pressure is so important. Because as a PM, you have to understand that you, they're all watching you and how you're going to handle this situation. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to say, okay, it's not the end of no the world. Problem. It's a P0. We're going to inform customers that there's a problem. We're going to fix it. We're going to let our cross-functional partners, client success, relationship management, customer support, tech support. But we're going to let them know what's going on in the timeline. We're going to fix it. And we're going to go home to our families and come back the next day and talk about you know, how we can do better. Right. But how that, so what I do is number one, I never blame my team. I never, ever, ever blame mm-hmm. my team. It's a we. There's a P0. I'm just as responsible for that. Totally. P0. You're Even in it together. I didn't write the code. It doesn't matter. We're in it together. It's a we. That's number one. Number, I never blame my team. Number two, I then throw myself in the middle right away and say, I'm going to go communicate with client success, relationship management, tech support, and everybody and let them know what's going on and what the timelines are. Right. I also then make sure that those teams only contact me. They don't contact my scrum team because my scrum team is trying to fix the problem and they need the space to do it. They're in the front lines. And that's why that's important. They're on the front lines. And so that's another reason why that grace under pressure is so important because then it's me going back to customer support going, we're not blaming anybody right now. Even when they say to me, what happened? Whose fault is it? I just tell them what happened and we're fixing Mm -hmm. it. And I give them timeline and I'm always every hour in the hour. I may even sit to them every hour in the hour. I'm going to come to you and give right, you an update. Right. I'm going to send you an email notification. And that's my job is to handle that public relations aspect. Mm-hmm. Of then days after that, we can do a postmortem. We can do retrospective. We try to figure out what of went course, wrong. Yeah, prevent it but in the future. that is so important. Yeah. Exactly. But, but how you handle it in that moment. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's so it really key. sets the tone. And by the way, Exactly. And then, so we talked about psychological safety, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm your scrum team and I see you freak out, 
Do I have psychological safety? No, definitely not. Eh? I, I don't. Exactly. I don't, right? Because I can't trust yeah. you. <laughs> so Awesome. Yeah, that's a really good answer. I like that. Okay, so actually, I'd like to pivot a little bit here. Um, so as you know, obviously, you're kind of working on the front lines of this, that technology and both actually both technology and work environments are evolving and changing literally on the day to day. So in terms of psychological safety, how can product leaders ensure that, you know, ensure uh, psychological safety and how do they remain a constant in the face of changing dynamics? How do we how do we maintain it? So first you have to accept, okay, so a lot of, so some PMs that I speak with, right, right. I always drill home the fact that you're a leader, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, <laughs> the job of a product manager is leading, you're leading, you're the center, everybody's looking at you, right? So you first you have to accept that you're a leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the first thing, right? First rule, accept that you're <laughs> leading. And then the second rule is, how do I then I know I'm leading. I'm the torchbearer of this thing, the psychological safety, yeah. right? To make everybody feel like they can bring their authentic self to work, to give them the ability to fail, mm-hmm. right? To give them the ability to think big, to think really, really big. And why that's so important is because the world is changing. There are 8 billion people in the world. The world is changing every single day. The demographics are changing oh, every, every day. day. The, every day. And those demographics look like me. They look like you. They look like so many different people. Their needs change every single day, but they're not going to come to us to tell us. We have to meet exactly. them where they yeah. are. Right. And we got to build for all communities. Right. We have to sort of, we have to build products that elevate every single community and doesn't leave one behind. Mm-hmm. So my ideas aren't the only idea, aren't the only place where the answers yeah. are. It's with everybody. Absolutely. So there has to be psychological safety for people to be able to think super big and bring the weirdest ideas <laughs> to the table because that's how we're going to get it. Really that's is. how we're going to yeah. build. Right. And not feel like they're going to be really yeah. good for it. Right. So I'm a big, big fan of collaboration in not just talking about, you know, not just visiting customers and talking to customers, but understanding their end to end. It's never just me in the room and then going back to my team and going, here's what I yeah. heard. I always have my designer and my tech lead with mm-hmm. me in the room so that they're hearing the same things I'm totally. hearing. Um, I bring cross-functional partners into the room as well so that they can hear the customer's pain point. All these things kind of help lead to that psychological safety because then what happens is my tech lead has their boss. My designer has their boss. My cross-functional partner team has their boss and their leadership. Mm-hmm. The story travels now. Just because they're in the room and they can hear this pain points of the customer or prospect, they can then go back and communicate it to their leadership team without me even being in the room. Right. And then their leadership will communicate it to somebody else without <laughs> me being in the Look, room. Look, game a telephone. And exactly. So that so that's one is the storytelling part piece of it and how it has to travel, mm-hmm. and you have that, and you add um, collaboration, influence without authority, uh, authority, listening, yeah. and then of course, as I said, you're gonna disagree yeah. 
course. But understanding that that disagreement only polishes you and that mm-hmm. person and that team. It's not anything meant personally. No, definitely not. You all just have. I mean, nobody, I always tell P, PMs, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to come to work today and make the wrong decisions for my organization. <laughs> nobody does no, that. Of course not. <laughs> so, right. It's just they're trying to do the same thing you are, which is to generate revenue or maintain revenue. They just go about it a different yeah. way. But once you have all that, I kind of look at it. You have all of that understanding that you're leading, you're the center of the, of the entire organization. You're the torchbearer of psychological safety. Nobody else is going to do it. It's yeah. you. I kind of feel like everything else kind of falls into place. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You learn when to listen and not suggest an answer. You understand that you need collaboration. Mm-hmm. You understand that you have to be able to influence without authority. You understand that empathy, you have to lead with empathy, not just with your customers, but with your own team as well, because they're people, they have lives, they have spouses, they have children, they have pets, they have grandparents and parents that need them. Mm-hmm. And the reason, the number one reason why they come to work is because of love, because of the love that they have for their family. Yeah, exactly. You see where that empathy totally. comes in? So if you understand all that... <laughs> Well, guess what? Then you win. You build the best products. Yeah, honestly, great answer. Yeah. You go down together. Yeah. You fail together. You succeed, you succeed together. Yeah. So. Amazing. Love that. I think everybody should have that point of view, <laughs> even if they're not a product okay. manager. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the world yeah, better, Yeah, for it? sure. <laughs> oh, I know. Not just in product management. Imagine if everybody needed to work like that. On this Imagine. Oh, <laughs> I know. Just imagine. Imagine what the world would look like. So anyway, um, but um, that's how I I sort of recommend uh, going about psychological safety. Awesome. Okay. Honestly, that was an awesome talk. I loved having that with you. And really, that's all I have for you today. You answered all of my questions about psychological safety. So I'm super pumped about that. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me again. I always look forward to these sessions with you, Ronki. Oh, thank you so much. It's, I'm the lucky one, my friend. We've been doing this for how many Two. years now? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't ask for a better partner in this. Thank oh, you. Pleasure. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye, Ronki.